So when I mention spontaneous kriyas, what I'm speaking about are the spontaneous movements, spontaneous jerking or shaking. Sometimes there are vocalizations, you know, making noise with the mouth. Sometimes there's hand mudras or stretching, kind of like yoga poses, for example. So there's a wide array of kriyas and the ways that kriyas can express themselves through our systems, through our bodies. So we're going to explore those a little bit. I'll be sharing about what kriyas are all about, how we can move from a state of feeling confused or intimidated or bothered by kriyas to actually feeling uh, grateful that we're having them and feeling a little empowered by having them actually. I'll be sharing some ideas about how to relate with the kundalini when it comes to kriyas in a meaningful and productive way as well. So you can visit brentspirit.com to find more free content just like this. I've got three free courses there. I've also got a new course called Grounded Spiritual Emergence and Integration. It's over eight hours of video content created to help you to navigate the energetic component of your spiritual awakening journey, uh, to learn how to find safety in your body, and how to embody your spirituality uh, after, you know, taking care of uh, some of the things that uh, may be holding you back from really going deep and living from a state of presence. So we're going to explore things like shadow work, uh, how to uh, approach our spirituality in a holistic and integrated way in our lives that isn't just limited to, um, you know, just sitting on the meditation cushion or on the yoga mat, but out in the world throughout our daily lives, throughout our relationships and whatnot. So that's the course, Grounded Spiritual Emergence and Integration. You can check it out. If you're listening on Spotify, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to give me a rating, please, and thank you. It goes a long way for me. So now, let's explore the idea of spontaneous kriyas. So first, we need to understand the significance of the word spontaneous. Now, when I'm referring to spontaneous kriyas, I'm referring to kriyas that happen automatically. They're kriyas that we don't actively force or trigger on our own. We don't consciously engage in them. They're happening spontaneously in the same way that our heart may beat spontaneously, the same way that puberty happens spontaneously, uh, organically, um, instinctually, automatically. So this is what I mean when I use the word spontaneous. Okay. So, of course, like puberty, like the heart beating, like the digestion of our food, Kriyas can also happen spontaneously once our kundalini begins to become awakened. So like I mentioned in the beginning, spontaneous kriyas can involve shaking, jerking, vocalizations, uh, spontaneous emotional releases as well, maybe spontaneous crying, maybe some spontaneous um, uh, flexing of the muscles because of some sort of emotional experience, for example. There can also be spontaneous stretching to sort of... Uh, uh, release tension through the, through stretching that can also look like spontaneous yoga poses as well. Sometimes people who have never performed any yoga poses, you know, they've never been to a yoga class suddenly are holding these poses with, with great strength at length with perfect alignment. And it's pretty incredible actually, especially considering that, you know, they never really practiced, uh, you know, yoga postures before. So this can happen. Uh, as well, mudras, these are the uh, gestures with the hands. You know, sometimes we may see, uh, you know, figures like uh, deities or, or maybe a statue of the Buddha engaging in some sort of, of mudra. We also see it, uh, um, many depictions of uh, some of the uh, 
Catholic and within the Catholic tradition that also show mudras. Interestingly, um, you know, you can look at some of the the older um, depictions of, of Jesus, for example, and and I think he's he's got some some mudras going on as well. Um, so they're all there, and of course, Kundalini is a universal phenomenon. It's not just limited to uh, to to India and the yogic traditions. We see it all over, and of course, it's there in Christianity and Catholicism as well. Just throwing that in there. There can also be spontaneous breath work, spontaneous pranayama, uh, uh, breathing patterns that are un rather uh, unusual, but they seem to you know, be inspired by some sort of intelligence. So, of course, um, they do serve a purpose that we're going we're gonna to explore. Um, but before we get into that, let me just explain here a little bit more about the significance of, of spontaneity when it comes to these kriyas. Because, of course, there are kriyas that are not spontaneous. So what this means is that you can actively engage in things like you know, shaking. You can shake around and, and, and you can vocalize and scream and yell and you can vocalize uh, different mantras, um, for example. Um, you can also actively engage in yoga poses or actively engage in stretching or actively engage in mudras. So these could also be considered to be kriyas. But they're not spontaneous kriyas because they're happening um, through effort, through force. Okay, and so there are entire traditions of yoga dedicated to practicing these non-spontaneous kriyas. So two traditions that are are most notable are kriya yoga and kundalini yoga. So keep in mind here that uh, you know the word kundalini yoga. Uh, when I when I mention kundalini yoga, I'm referring to the brand. Of yoga, the tradition formed by Yogi Bhajan sometime in the the 60s to the 80s, somewhere around there. Um, and so today, there's yoga studios and classes and teachers all around the world that are practicing Kundalini yoga, which is somewhat related to the Kundalini Shakti awakening process, though not entirely. Okay, so sometimes people think that you know when I I'm speaking about Kundalini here, they think I'm talking about Kundalini yoga as taught by uh, you know yoga yogi bhajan but i'm not i'm speaking about the kundalini awakening process and so these traditions kundalini yoga kriya yoga um, they have practices that will require you to engage in kriyas through effort so they may say okay you know class this is what we're going to do today we're going to engage in some form of pranayama we're going to breathe in through the right nostril five times and exhale five times or something like that or or we're going to you know do some form of yoga uh, postures and, and movements and you know the, the entire class will all be following along with the teacher engaging in these kriyas of course these are not spontaneous kriyas everybody's doing the same thing according to what the teacher's saying so it can't be spontaneous um, interestingly, uh, there are some teachers, spiritual teachers, um, guys, gurus, who may hold a, a, a meeting uh, with many different people going through Kundalini Awakening, and they all may go into spontaneous kriyas, and they all may be doing very different things within the same room. And so that, that's what I'm referring to when I'm speaking about here, spontaneous kriyas. It's very organic. It's very unique to the individual. Um, depending on their disposition, depending on the energy in their body, depending on what they need. Because Kriyas do have uh, a purpose, um, and we're going to explore that a little bit. So overall, what I mean to say here is that, you know, once the Kundalini awakens in you, it's awake now, it's alive, it's active. 
and it's going to move you spontaneously if that's necessary for you. So you don't necessarily need to engage in, in non-spontaneous kriyas um, that you may find at a, at a kundalini yoga class, for example. I know many people that kind of go to these classes thinking that, you know, they've got to awaken kundalini and now, you know, they must find themselves at a yoga class and they find that whatever the teacher is sharing is just really not uh, not jiving with them. It's not resonating with them. It may even bring them some some difficulty and some discomfort. And so once kundalini is awakened in you, you can really rely on the intuitive, instinctual intelligence of your own body to to carry out what it needs to do for your process to unfold smoothly, okay? Furthermore here, for the record, in my view, all of the yoga practices that we see, generally speaking, not not all of them, you know, I don't, I, I, most of them, most of the fundamental yoga practices that we see, um, the fundamental yoga postures, uh, the fundamental uh, pranayama sequences or, or breath work sequences, the fundamental mudras, these were all developed by people who recorded and imitated the spontaneous kriyas, the spontaneous movements of those with awakened kundalini that were going through those type of experiences. So it wasn't like a bunch of old Indian guys, you know, 5,000 years ago sat down and said, hey, let's write a book or let's write a, a, a let's create a system using different postures for uh, moving energy around in our bodies and for you know moving towards self-realization they didn't sit down and use their brains to try and come up with these things with these traditions with these systems with these sequences instead they just observed what was happening spontaneously to yogis that had awakened kundalini and they said oh well this guy seems to have awakened kundalini or something very spontaneous and, and divine is happening to him and he's going to these postures and he's doing this type of breath work he or she what what would happen if we imitate them? What ha what happen if we repeat what they're doing? And so by observing, they recorded what these uh, yogis were experiencing spontaneously, and then they created these systems, uh, you know, that we now find in uh, in yoga traditions today, which are not spontaneous. Okay, so it's an imitation, you could say. Okay, so yoga originated spontaneously, and what this implies is that, you know, it wasn't like I'm saying, it's, it wasn't formed by people's minds or people's egos. This is a spontaneous, organic unfolding uh, that's been inspired by the awakened Kundalini. So if we look back, you know, enough, we see Kundalini is at the core of all of these traditions, really. All yoga is really Kundalini yoga, not just the the brand, you know, founded by, by Yogi Bhajan. So, now that we have a bit more of an understanding of, of uh, you know, the spontaneous origins of yoga and the difference between forcing kriyas through effort and letting things happen organically, let's keep exploring here. So on the topic of kriyas, it's important to understand here that not everyone experiences kriyas to the same degree. Some may have very intense, very dramatic kriyas. Some may have more subtle ones and some may not really have any notable kriyas at all. So if you are listening to this and you're saying, well, I have never experienced Kriyas. You know, I've been going through Kundalini for, for decades. I've never really experienced Kriyas. That's okay. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong. Everyone's process is unique and different. Personally, I, I find myself somewhere in the middle. So I haven't had the most dramatic Kriyas compared to some people that I've been in touch with. But I also haven't had none. I've, I've experienced about a moderate amount. 
there was a short window during my process of about six months where you know things would be a little bit more intense you know sometimes i'd wake up in the night and i'd be in the strangest yoga poses um or you know i was shaking and jerking quite a bit um almost throughout the day uh at times but now you know something like eight years later I might have a, a jerk now and then, just like a spontaneous shiver, something like that. But overall, things are, are quite calm and stable on my end. Um, and I share that just uh, as, as, a, as a lived example to show you that, you know, eventually, if you're going through very intense, maybe even challenging careers, eventually the, the aim is to, uh, is to cooperate with your process enough so that you do come to a point where things are stable and you're not really experiencing them to such a high degree. But if you are, there's nothing wrong with that. This is part of your unique process. It doesn't mean that you know, you're doing anything wrong per se. This is just just how it is. Everyone has unique, a unique uh, unfolding. So kriyas are a natural and normal part of a healthy and supportive kundalini awakening process. Like I said, they don't mean that uh, you know something's going wrong. They serve multiple purposes actually. And admittedly, I don't have all the answers for you know the exact purpose of which specific kriya is doing what. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know a little bit, but uh, my, my major overarching answer is just trust in the intelligence of the body. You know, I don't know about puberty. I went through it pretty well. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm still kind of going through it with all this, this acne and whatnot. But, you know, the, the system knows what it needs to do, and we don't need to intellectually understand every little thing, okay? So overall, though, Kriyas, we can observe, and through maybe, you know, what we might call common sense, we can see that, you know, when we shake, we're releasing tension, right? We're releasing something. We're shaking things off. When we have a jerk, it's almost like we're, we're, we're loosening some of the tension in our body, for example, right? So in yoga, we call these things vasanas. We call them samskaras. Um, you know, some regard we could consider that we're releasing trauma, releasing the tightness in our muscles, maybe from flexing because we're afraid or tense or maybe through fight or flight, we've sort of lodged a lot of energy in our bodies. And now so by shaking things off through Kriyas is how we're going to release them, okay? So thus, that's one purpose behind Kriya. So they're not just happening for no reason. That's one purpose. So that's good. We can know, oh, when, when I'm shaking, when I'm spontaneously moving and stretching, I'm releasing, I'm healing, I'm upgrading, I'm evolving. This is good. And understanding this will put us into a state of empowerment where we're more willing to cooperate with the process, to get excited about it, rather than to feel like, you know, why is all this weird stuff happening to me? Okay. So you can think of a dog, right? When a dog gets a little stressed out, right? Immediately, a dog will shake it off. You know, they'll just shake off the tension. Instinctually, nobody taught the dog this the dog didn't read a book about it the dog didn't go to a class about shaking off tension it just knows organically spontaneously this is what it needs to do and you'll know that a dog will shake things off the moment that it has uh, a, a bit of space to do so it doesn't wait till a few days later to then shake it off it does it immediately Whereas us as human beings, for whatever reason, we, we lost touch with our instinctual ability to shake things off. And so that's why, you know, maybe when we were stressed out or we, we do get stressed out, we may avoid or we may turn to a distraction or, you know, drugs or alcohol or um, just, you know, fight off our instinctual calling towards rest and, and release. 
And so Kundalini comes online and it says, no more of that, no more. Now we're going to spontaneously shake things off. And that's why for some, it can happen very intensely at, at odd times because Kundalini basically says no more delaying. Let's just get this over with. Let's just start moving, releasing, healing, and upgrading. Um, all of the things that, you know, weren't released in the moment, uh, soon after they happened, um, like like a dog does and so i've heard some uh ideas about kundalini the, the the purpose of this process is to bring us to a point where we no longer carry stress we may get stressed out but the moment that we get a moment of reprieve we shake it off we release it and then we can return to a baseline whereas prior to kundalini awakening we carry these things like we'll carry people carry these things for lifetimes for decades right and so one idea to look at, you know, what's the point of Kundalini? Maybe it's to bring us to a point where we no longer carry stress for the long term. And in the moment, we can shake it off. And I think, you know, look at dogs. I think they've got it. They've got it down pretty well. That's why, you know, for the most part, they're, you know, always present in the moment, generally quite happy. We also see this with other animals too, right? Like um, um, ducks, you know, you can see them sometimes they're, they're just floating on the surface of the water and they just flap their wings they're releasing stress they're releasing things and then they return back to a state of of equanimity so this is what's happening to us when we go through kriyas as well you know it's a natural organic process so kriyas can also serve to provide uh the context for energetic activations so through the engagement of specific nadis through the uh the energetic activations of specific chakras uh, you know, we can we can have the energy move through our body in different ways as we go into maybe different yoga poses, uh, maybe different spontaneous breath work, maybe different uh, uh, spontaneous mudras. So, of course, there are nadis, energetic channels, as well as chakras throughout our body. Uh, of course, there are the major seven chakras and the major nadis, you know, Ida, Pingala, and Sushumna along the spinal column. But there are nadis throughout our body, everywhere, even in our hands and our fingers, and they're all connected, all related. To, to a degree that I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have all the answers for that. But like I said, I understand that um, the intelligence of the body knows what it needs to do. And so the Kriyas can serve to release stress. And they can also serve to activate energetic pathways for energy to move through our body, to bring us to a higher state of consciousness, to bring us through uh, to states of, of self-realization, of God-realization, of enlightenment and whatnot. So... With all of this said now, because Kriyas have a purpose, when you go through these Kriyas and, and they reach their purpose or their purpose is carried out, they don't need to happen in vain for no reason. So like I was saying, eventually things do stabilize and you don't need to be going through these intense Kriyas on and on in vain for no reason. Once they serve their purpose, it, it's, it's pretty much done, right? We don't really see dogs shaking unless they're you know maybe sick stressed for example when they're not they're not shaking it's the same thing with kriyas so when when you release whatever the kriyas are meant to release you can return to baseline and i emphasize this because so many people get this fear you know they have a spontaneous kundalini awakening and now suddenly they're having these really intense kriyas and they're looking to their future and they say i i don't know how i'm going to live the rest of my life now with with awakened kundalini if i'm going to be having kriyas all over the place every day you know out of nowhere and I'm here to say eventually they do subside okay now though these Kriyas are happening spontaneously organically automatically there is the potential for you to at times use your will to actively suppress them 
actively shut them down, minimize them, make them go away. This is a this is a reality. You may have even discovered this for yourself, um, especially if maybe Kriyas were happening to you and you thought, oh no, something is wrong. My system is is, is freaking out. Uh, I need to figure out a way to shut them down. And you know, you can use your concentration and your will, and you can you can shut them down at times. At times, you may not be able to; they'll just be too intense. But this is a thing now. It's not the end of the world if, if you have been shutting them down. You haven't completely, you know, messed up your system. There's always, you know, um, um, some sort of uh, way to overcome any of these types of things. So it's nothing to, uh, you know, get down on yourself about. But overall, it's not advised for you to shut these these processes down with your will through effort. Um, if you ask me, it's just stunting the body's natural uh, organic functionings. Um, and it could lead to buildup of, of who knows what, stress, energetic blockages. Um, it could lead to uh, um, more intense um, upheaval later on because, you know, so much has been bottled up, suppressed and, and shut down. Eventually, your body may say that's enough and it all comes out all at once. And you may have like, you know, very intense kriyas that, that could could be uh, very challenging. So ideally, it's not... It's not advisable to shut them down, though if you have, I understand it. It makes sense. I mean, let, let's face it here. Kriyas are intense. They're very strange. Um, they can happen at, you know, less than ideal times. You know, maybe you're at work or maybe you're hanging out with friends or family and you start, you know, doing these weird jerking and shaking and your jaws, you know, opening up and, and you want to, you know, bend your neck and all this kind of stuff. And people may be looking at you saying, you know, well, what's going on with you? Why can't you sit still? So I understand. I understand why some may be inclined to want to shut this down and make it go away. However, instead of, you know, forcing um, the creators to stop in the moment that they're arising, I suggest a different approach. And so this approach is to speak to the Kundalini within you. Have a personal, ongoing relationship with the Kundalini in which you are willing to collaborate and cooperate with it, knowing that it's here within you. I mean, it is you. It's your own body. It's your own spirit. Um, collaborate with it to carry out your own healing and evolution, right? So I know this is, may sound kind of strange. You know, we're talking about having a relationship with Kundalini as if it's like something personal. Um you know, we're already in strange territory to begin with. I mean, we're talking about Kundalini, we're talking about spontaneous Kriyas. So, you know, whatever. Um, it's not that far-fetched to consider that you can have a personal relationship with it. But like I said, Kundalini, it is you, right? It is you. And and you have a relationship with yourself, right? And, you know, you can speak positively to yourself. You speak negatively to yourself. And this will influence the way that you experience the world. You can also have this type of relationship with the Kundalini itself. And so you can look within and you can say something like, Kundalini, I appreciate you. I know that you're here to help me to heal and evolve. I'm willing to cooperate with you throughout this process. But right now, as you know, and Kundalini knows everything about us, as you know, I'm at work. I'm in public. I'm at a restaurant with friends. And I can't be performing, you know, all of this spontaneous yoga poses and, and acrobatics um, and, you know, shaking all over the pace and, and making noise. But when I get home, after dinner or after lunch or whatever it is, for one hour before bed, I'm all yours. I completely surrender to you. You can let the Kriyas flow. You can have your way with me. I trust that you're going to, you know, help me to heal and evolve. 
That's all you have to say. Just a very simple agreement that you can express to the Kundalini within you. You don't need to say it out loud. You don't even need to say it internally. You just have to feel that and it will respond. I've shared this idea with many, many people and I haven't really come across anybody who said, you know, that's just didn't work. Um, there are some caveats to this, of course. The main caveat being that you have to keep your end of the agreement, right? You have to give the Kundalini your word. So when you say, I'll give you one hour before bed to have your way with me, you really have to just give it total permission, totally surrender to it and let it just move through you. And you may go into very intense kriyas, very intense uh, spontaneous movements and vocalizations and all sorts of things may start to happen. Psychic phenomena, um, deep meditation, all these types of things can happen. Maybe not, maybe nothing happens. But the idea is that you're there, open, receptive and willing to give the Kundalini space for you to, go through what you need to go through that is appropriate because of course being at work and going through this stuff is not exactly appropriate right so if you want kundalini to leave you alone when you're out in the world you have to give it time when you're not out in the world that's how it works it's important to remember here that in, in traditionally people going through this process would would be in some sort of you know, ashram or monastery or in a place where they could go through this process without uh, having to navigate, uh, you know, relationships and, and work and whatnot in the world. So if you're not willing to leave, you know, your, your life in society, well, you need to sort of carve out mini retreats each day, ideally, so that the process can carry itself out. This is kind of what I had to do. I, I wasn't inclined and, uh, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, go find some sort of uh, retreat center or ashram that could take me in for, you know, uh, upwards of a year. So I had to figure out how to find a balance. Okay. And it's not easy. I, I want to just recognize that. And, and you know, I, I understand this is very difficult to go through this process in the world. Um, you know, we've got so many responsibilities, family, work, career, school, relationships, um, you know, all sorts of things. And then on top of that, we've got this Kundalini that seems to want to, uh, um, it take place, you know, throughout our day, no matter what's going on. And so the way that I suggest that we make this sort of deal, this sort of arrangements, I, I'm pretty confident that it will, um, will work out for you if you're able to, to find the balance there. Okay. So overall, Kriyas, I understand they're intense, you know, they're far out, they're pretty crazy. I get it. I've had some some very intense ones myself. But overall, I just want to share with you here that there's nothing to fear. There's really nothing to fear. I've spoken with so many people that have been going through Kundalini Awakening. And I've honestly never come across a single person who's really told me that, you know, I went through a, some sort of spontaneous careers and something really bad happened to me. Overall, in the long term, everybody goes through Kriyas and comes out uh, with some benefits, you know, shaking off some tension, shaking off stress, um, becoming more energetically activated in, in so many different ways, you know, um, having deeper access to, to relaxation, feeling safe in the body as well. Kriyas can, can, can shake off uh, feelings of, of unsafety as well. You know, when we're tense and feeling threatened, Kundalini can shake all of that off for us through Kriyas. So overall, really, there's nothing to fear here. Develop a meaningful relationship with the Kundalini itself 
and uh, just surrender to the Kundalini, uh, the process, the, the, the process of these spontaneous Kriyas. They can become pretty exciting, can become pretty beautiful. And one thing that I hear from many people is that if you're able to get into a sort of meditative state and just observe the Kriyas as they're unfolding, what becomes very apparent is that there is an incredibly intelligent force guiding them, orchestrating them, managing them, and, and just bearing witness to the intelligence of this force as it moves through your body and expresses things in different ways, movements, shaking, vocalizations, etc. It is awe-inspiring. It is, you know, very um, um, moving in the sense that you just want to surrender to it and you say, wow, this is so incredibly intelligent. I completely surrender to whatever's carrying up these careers in such a beautifully integrate, in, uh, intricate and organized way. So I invite you to uh, see if you can explore careers from that perspective. Let me know how it goes. You can leave a comment below. As mentioned, you can also visit brentspirit.com for more free content. You can find my courses. You can uh, subscribe to my newsletter called The Spirit Letter can also connect with me on the spirit community it's my free community where you can post a question or share some of your experiences to do with your spiritual awakening process and myself and the community will be able to respond and have some discussion as well you can find out more about meeting with me one-on-one -on -one at brandspirit.com connect with me on instagram at brandspirit and i look forward to sharing some more ideas about the kundalini awakening process with you soon much love and peace